live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for the Hall of Famer, be a part, a small contributor to the biggest and most important show in our industry, Brian Weber with you. Got a ton of NBA to get to. As I was driving to work this morning, you know, the crew rolls in early. Even the fill-in hack tries to play along. I did not need to turn on the lights to my used automobile because I had so many brightly shining gold Laker flags. On my right and my left, Southern California has come alive. But you have my pledge. I'm not doing three hours of Lakers versus Warriors, although I could. The game was just that good. We got all the fallout. If I was going to crank up the hype machine, we would start. Let me reach over and hit the button. Button is pressed. The countdown to the end of the Warrior Dynasty. We'll pump the brakes, and I know we're on a tremendous station. 810 in San Francisco, and my old friends in the Bay Area don't want me to... Forget where I came from professionally. I'm going to be balanced with the analysis of the Warriors. But since I destroyed the Celtics for their inept late-game sequence Sunday in Philadelphia, Warrior fans, what the hell was that last night? We'll get there coming up. We didn't spend much time on the Heat and the Knicks because I didn't think it deserved that much coverage and proved to be spot on there, although... If we're going to assign the what the hell you thinking card early, Julius Randle, what the hell are you thinking? Quote, maybe they want it more. I didn't even have to log on to the back page of the Post or the Daily News because I know what's going on in New York right now. Words matter. To that point, Bob Huggins, what the hell are you thinking? That's the theme of today's program. We're going to talk about the currently still employed for now, in my opinion, head coach of West Virginia basketball, Bob Huggins, has to be smarter than what was reflected yesterday on the air in Cincinnati. The apology is a first step. I cannot believe he's not been suspended yet. That's coming up. We have Tiger Woods news to get to. The Colts hero of the jungle. If we were handing out the jungle awards for this year, Jim Irsay would win something. Jim Irsay is in the mix. So, if you hit me up yesterday on Twitter, and I do read the tweets after the program, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, I got your feedback, and I will concede I went heavy on the NBA. Now, with fairness, I was coming off the weekend. I had a lot of games to get to, and the crew was looking at me, never give the clones an inch of ground. Guys, I've been lucky enough to fill in here for a long time. I I just want to have a decent rapport with my fellow clones. I won't do the full I am a clone rant. Although 20 years ago this month, unemployed, living with my mother in Palm Springs, it was only 110 degrees, listening to Jim Rome saved my life. But I had the Joker Ishpia incident to get to. We'll give you the fallout for that in 20 minutes. So I'm not saying you're totally right, but I understand your input And Uncle Brian has done a better job, in my opinion, to come up with a balanced rundown. We are following a winning blueprint. If it's good enough for Jim, good enough for me to rip off. With the phone number always to be kept in mind, 1-800-636-8686. Just two guests along the way. Hour number one wide open. 
Coming up in 60 minutes, we'll get NBA analysis from Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today. And football fans, I understand the NFL drives the trade. Do I have to remind you of every time you see jungle icon Kyle Brandt on NFL Network? It's because a few of us slept into work at 3 o'clock in the morning in Southern California in 2012 to get that show on the air. My point is this. I am not oblivious to the fact that football is all that matters to many of you. So, friend of the program, Will Brinson. NFL writer for CBS Sports joins us in the final block, 2.40 Eastern time, talking Ursay, the McNair family, whatever generation you want to point the finger at, is bizarre in Houston. An owner saying, hey, I didn't tell the front office to pick C.J. Stroud. Just a bizarre preemptive admission, it felt like, from Cal McNair. So, can I do the old school? Have I not given you enough topics out there? The table is set. Let's make the move to the end of the game between the Warriors and the Lakers. Now, there's two roads I could take. And we know if you ever have a doubt in sports talk radio, go negative. It is the lifeblood of our industry. I could crush. I could obliterate the Warriors, as was my mindset as to the debacle of that late game situation that Boston navigated their way through with no semblance of a plan, it seemed, and a terrible shot by Marcus Smart. I know he hit it, but it came after the buzzer. You don't get style points if it doesn't count. And what do you know? Joe Missoula saying after the fact, perhaps I should have used that timeout. I guess I'm going to have to do it again. Joe, what are you thinking? <laughs> you can be too honest in a town like Boston. You never take a step back, but we'll get to that as the program continues. So, If I'm going to be consistent, which is a rarity, I have to bury the Warriors. But I, at the same time, have to be cognizant of there was another team on the floor that is playing outstanding defense. Have you tracked the Lakers since the moves around the deadlines? Whatever metric you want to massage, they're either number one or number two in key defensive analyses. It's E-S because it's plural. They play tough defense. So while we'll give the Lakers a lot of credit for adding degree of difficulty It does not excuse what the Warriors failed to achieve on that trip. And oh, by the way, should I mention a fellow named Lonnie Walker? Yeah, I'd never heard of him either. And I watch Laker games here in Southern California. I remember he got a little bit of run in the first half of the year, never came off the bench after all those moves around the trade deadline. Lonnie Walker the fourth. Stealing from every show I heard this morning because he only comes alive in the fourth quarter. How in the world did that happen? And I'll get back to the final 20 seconds in a moment. But yesterday I did spend a good chunk of time talking about the complimentary players in this series. And I'm not making a differentiation between starters and bench players. I'm talking about we know the core talents. Steph v. LeBron, and somebody forgot to tell AD it was an even game because he was sensational last night. But I wondered, and that's why I wanted to dedicate a good portion of the program yesterday to how much confidence you could logically have 
and the players beyond the guys going to the Hall of Fame. And in no way am I going to pretend that I had any idea that Lonnie Walker would even be mentioned on this program. But when I rolled in yesterday, I didn't think I'd be talking about Landry Shamit based on what I saw in the first half of the game between the Suns and the Nuggets. So, yes, a lot of love to Lonnie Walker IV, whoever he is. I did some research. <laughs> first round pick of the Spurs. I have no recollection of any of this. Played in Miami. Terrific. Jim Laranega, friend of the program. Let's have him booked for when Jim comes back. So we can talk about the Lonnie Walker game. 15 points all in the fourth quarter, but let's not overlook the salient points. Golden State had a nine-point lead in the third, a seven-point lead going to the fourth. They had multiple chances to get that W locked up, and they couldn't get it done. So let's start assessing responsibility. Clay Thompson took a absolutely grisly shot. Not Dylan Brooks grisly. Hideous. Horrendous. And we have to give him the benefit of the doubt to a degree because we know what Clay has done over the years. Go back to that game for the ages against Oklahoma City. I'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment, but that was a lousy decision. Same thing, I believe, has to be applied to Steph Curry. And we know Steph has made those shots before, although the people who crunch the numbers now have come up with a metric saying he's now something like 0 of 17 in playoff games with a chance to tie or secure a win because there's now the narrative of LeBron Nation who have already advanced the Lakers to the Western Conference Finals, and let's not get there just yet. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. Phone calls welcome. I actually was soliciting, not illegally, but I was saying, hey, maybe lob me a call on Twitter. The number is 1-800-636-8686. Your tweet's coming up in less than 15 minutes. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm going to give Steph Curry a lot more latitude than I am Marcus Smart. At the same time, did you see Steve Kerr's reaction in the background after one of those shots was hoisted up? And I know... Steph has unlimited range, but those aren't the shots you want. Now, if he makes one of them, Captain Contradiction is starting the program saying, Steph Curry not only is the greatest pointing point guard of all time, he's pointing us in the direction that he is the most important player of this generation. So I realize it cuts both ways. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Steph Curry did it all last night. Isn't it coincidental that after all of the conversation we had in the past about LeBron James needing more help, go back to the first matchup between the Warriors and the Cavs, and Kevin Love gets hurt, Kyrie gets hurt, Matthew Delvadova is the running mate for LeBron, and all we talked about was LeBron needs more assistance. Well, it is pretty interesting that now Steph Curry is doing it 
all by himself. LeBron got plenty of support from AD. Can Anthony Davis do it again coming up as the series shifts back to San Francisco? Probably not, but that's immaterial because he only has to do it one more time. So if we're going to spin it forward, Warriors get it done to stay alive. We're coming back to Southern California, Game 6 Friday. The questions that immediately come to mind. Can AD duplicate what we saw last night? Now, if you want to be a pro Laker honk, you can say, Lakers, they're not going to give the game away. But when it gets out of hand and folks have a chance to chill out in the third and fourth quarter, we'll get back on the rotation of AD going even and odd. Who is going to be the third element for the Lakers moving forward? Because as much as I have to give Lonnie Walker all the love in the world, if you watch the game, Austin Reeves played a critical role in the third quarter. Lakers, amazingly, after the deals, and Rob Lowe did a nice job, I don't love the fact that he wears that NFL logo hat to playoff games. Don't like the sitcom with his son on Netflix, but somehow he's found the time to be the GM of the Lakers at the same time. Palenka no longer Pastinkas. That deal changed everything. They got LeBron shooters. LeBron, still not 100%, even though I went to see the LeBron James of pause feet. You know what he's going to do, even at the age of 38. But at this stage of the series, who is going to provide Steph Curry with the help he needs? It ain't going to be Jordan Poole. Zero points for Jordan Poole. He played 10 minutes. Now, if you're a Warrior fan, at least he wasn't on the floor to take a terrible shot at the end of the game, as he did at the end of game one. But it feels like I am getting out the shovel to bury the Warriors. I'm not, because I've watched these games, and I've watched these teams since I came west and started working in this industry in 1992. So I have have a good idea of body of work. I don't have to play the hits for decades. Let's just talk about the parameters of this series. Warriors with a phenomenal comeback could have won game one. You don't want Poole taking that shot. It was awful. Last night, the Warriors had a lead going to the fourth quarter. Multiple chances to get it done at the end of regulation. They failed. They're going to win coming up in San Francisco. So it really all comes down to this. Who do you have more confidence in game six Friday in L.A.? Well, I think the key phrase there is, in Los Angeles, the Warriors won 11 games on the road in the regular season. The Warriors only won a single game more than the Lakers in the regular season. I realize the regular season apparently has no meaning anymore because here's the heat after the play in the eighth seed, although they're a better team than the Knicks, and we'll talk more about the combinations in the East moving forward. But if you're trying to... Figure out the path forward. Who do you believe in more Friday night here in Southern California? If the Warriors lose, contingent on a win in Game 5, the dynasty is over. Because in my opinion, it's time to move on from Draymond Green. It was time to move on for him a long time ago. But the economics, the dynamic around the roster, the incident with Jordan Poole, everything says... Let's mutually break up. We'll have a wonderful goodbye, and we'll retire your number after you go play for the Pistons. Go back home, or maybe you join the Clippers. 
I know there's a Lakers speculation. And it sounds like now I put the Warriors six feet under. I'm not doing that. I am fully aware of the opportunities they've had. But I'm just going to throw it out there to you. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, 1-800-636-8686. Given the dearth of talent surrounding Steph and Steve Kerr trying to mix and match and Gary Payton the second in the starting lineup, he had 15. I saw Wiggins with the 17 points. But when Clay and Jordan Poole combined for nine points and Poole adds nada, you got a problem. Because you can't get more from Steph Curry every night. So, where do things stand rationally? And I know I'm being Captain Presumption here saying, oh, just give the Warriors the win. They're going to win that game. And if you want to be the conspiracy theorist, wouldn't the NBA love to drag this out further? And wouldn't they absolutely be foaming at the mouth for a Game 7 Winner take all to move on to the Western Conference Finals. My question to you, I don't do a show question, but I'm sincerely interested in your thoughts, and I'll tell you my opinion more definitively coming up. Who would you have more confidence in? And I know resume matters, but these are not the same Warriors. They have gotten older. The roster is less complete And I realize it's great to have Wiggins back because if you want to give me more of a critique when I'm giving you these regular season metrics and regular season overall wins and losses, I know Wiggins stepped away. It wasn't the same team as the past. I know what Wiggins meant last year in the finals. Second most important player in Golden State's victory. But the Warriors are not the same team anymore. And somebody's got to help Steph I don't know who that somebody's going to be, and I don't have amnesia. I remember in game two, it was a Clay Thompson game. I realize he's capable of doing it again. He's just not, in my estimation, the same player anymore, understandably, coming back from a torn ACL and Achilles. But just as James Harden is enigmatic and can bury you one night and disappear the next, Anthony Davis all over the spectrum. I think, unfortunately, from the Warrior perspective, Clay Thompson has moved into that category that is less reliable than in the past. Still, great theater, phenomenal drama. I mentioned Lonnie Walker. I'm not going to do it again, but I'd be a fool not to realize that it appeared Kobe Bryant had come off the bench. So if we're just going to take it back to where we started, complimentary players matter. We know the stars are going to show up. If you're just looking at these rosters in a rational manner, the Lakers' rotation is better now than the Warriors. And the Lakers play better defense. They'll have home court game six. If it goes seven, Warriors are going to win. I think the whole series comes down to Friday night in Southern California. I'm Brian Weber, just getting warmed up. 1-800-636-8686. I want your thoughts as to what I threw out there. Which team would you have more confidence in if it comes down to Game 6? I I know it's counterintuitive. Why am I not talking about Game 7? Because I think the Warriors get back home. Everything's going to be fine. We know they just won a Game 7 on the road in Sacramento. And I have acknowledged what happened last night in Game 1. Warriors arguably had great chances to win both those games, so I'm not trying to be myopic. Okay, as I pledged, it's not going to be wall-to-wall basketball. We're not just playing 
Round ball rock for three hours. Coming up in 20 minutes, the most fascinating man in the jungle this year. Jim Mercy's back at it again. Although this time I think Ursay actually has some methodology. There's some reason behind what he's doing. I'll let you know what's happening with Blue Horseshoe coming up. Did I say no more NBA? I didn't say no more NBA immediately since I spent the better part of three hours pontificating and to a degree yelling yesterday about the incident between Jokic and Phoenix owner Matt Ishbia. Thankfully, no suspensions handed down. And I should just say suspension singular because based on what we found out with the answer, clearly the owner was not going to be reprimanded. So Joker has to write a check for 25 grand. But my question is this, unless you thoroughly disagree, if in fact you concur that Ishbia is the whole reason this incident happened. If he doesn't hold the basketball too long, we're not talking about any of this. If that's the case, why was he not penalized at all? We'll get there coming up. I'm Brian Weber, always having a good time with you in for Jim Rome. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I'm Brian Weber. In for Jim Rome here on CBS Sports Radio. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windshield. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you choose from their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. They'll even install them free of charge. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Emails a possibility, RomanHaveATake.com. Your tweets coming up. I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to push the tweets back 15 minutes. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. That'll give me more time to be expansive. I like to ponder what you take the time to pass along. Laugh too hard. I'm not doing Ed McMahon. I know I look like Ed, although the steam helped a little bit. I do find this stuff sincerely entertaining. I'm already laughing at some of the Nick Foles yesterday. I'm amazed what was handed to me and what I read because I am Ron Burgundy. And in addition to your interaction, we're talking NFL owners now in less than 15 minutes. Cal McNair with a very odd admission that really didn't need to be expressed and the gift that keeps on giving. The great Jim Ursay. I promised I'm open to phone calls and I want to speak it into existence. 1 800 636 8686. Let's bring in Scott in Tampa. Hey, Scott, you're on with Brian Weber. How are you? I'm well. I don't think Jordan Poole has ever been the same since Draymond punched him in the face. It's hard to go to work with a bully every single day. His heart's not in it. He's broken. It's never going to be right. And they didn't back him up. Scott, I appreciate the phone call and very concise. I can't disagree with a lot of that. And I'm going to tread lightly here 
because I know Jim's feelings on Draymond. At the same time, I'll be totally transparent. No one has ever told me what I can or cannot say on this program. And I've said a lot of dumb things along the way. So I do appreciate the latitude I am given. I have a different view of Draymond than Jim does. Now, again, you don't care about my bio notes as a fill-in host, but my dad went to Michigan State. My dad's favorite player is Draymond Green because my father, although he's not doing so well these days, but at the peak of his powers was the Draymond Green of financial advisors, Draymond Green of fathers, intense. So I get the Draymond has a motor. Draymond is the heart and soul of the Warriors. I understand all the value he adds. But Scott offers some nuance there. When you get punched in the face, and we all saw the video, and don't you think it's interesting that video leaked? What's that tell you? It wasn't just financial motivation. It wasn't just somebody in the Warrior organization looking to get paid. Somebody wanted to let the world know what Draymond is all about. And I can't fully endorse Scott's view. You can't just say correlation is causation, okay? Jordan Poole is a grown beep adult. He is a guy who's going to make 128 starting next year. He's still on the end of the rookie deal, roughly $3 bucks this year. He has had high spots. But in fairness, because I was taking a lot of shots at Jordan Poole yesterday, and because I used to have an affiliation with the team, I watch a lot of Warrior basketball. Even if you're not seeking out the product, it's right in front of you because it's the Warriors. Jordan Poole has not looked the same this year. I don't say we can just draw a straight line from getting punched in the face to having your confidence go away. But in some ways, in my opinion, Draymond Green is a bully. Now, you could say you're not in the locker room, all fair. I have decent sources in the Bay Area I keep in touch with. I'm not pretending to be an insider. But I am paid to opine and give you my thoughts. And I am just not as fully on board with Draymond Green as many other people are, while I understand he's going to the Hall of Fame, while I fully acknowledge his key contributions to a dynasty now on the brink, to me, it's become a tired act. And we see these cycles in any walk of life when people are enabled, often their worst attributes are even more refined. So we don't know all the backstory between Poole and Draymond. I've seen the video of... Folks at games whipping out their phones, excuse me while I whip this out, and tracking the lack of interaction between Draymond and Poole. And Draymond's trying to dap him up because however you view him, you can't say he doesn't care. And if you believe in Draymond, you say he cares too much. I get it. But Poole wants no part of that. He's avoided him very obviously. So Poole might be sending us a message I can't go that far, Scott, but that's a thoughtful observation. And another reason I want to take more phone calls. Folks, I know my style is not for everybody. And I realize that we all have blind spots. And I'm always so excited to be here that I come with all this material I really want to share with you. And my goodness, what a thoughtful man this guy is, whoever he is. I will take phone calls. Now, I'm not going to take 40 of them because I don't want to work at 2 o'clock in the morning. But we will take a call here and there because it augments the conversation. I was not even going to go to that point, and I appreciate the thought there. Now, concisely, 
Can I go back to what I was ranting about for, in most of your opinions, too much yesterday? Well, that certainly turned out to be nothing. You know who was a genius? Eric Pincus from Bleacher Report, who joined us to wrap up the program yesterday. So I asked him a very leading question about... Well, given all of the gravity of the moment between Matt Ishbia and the Joker, who's to blame? And he kind of chuckled and said, well, it was entertaining, wasn't it? And the league effectively said the exact same thing. Nothing to see here. Just a $25,000 fine, which I applaud because I did have a degree of apprehension, although I tried my best to spell out and it got confirmed again, the clear differential in the mindsets and the philosophy between David Stern and his successor, Adam Silver. Silver is a conciliator. He does not want to be that polarizing. Warrior fans disagree with the suspension of Draymond Green for the Sabonis stop, but that was based on body of work and being, quote-unquote, a repeat offender. So I'm not surprised that Silver did not jump in with the suspension, and I'm very thankful as a basketball fan. I want to see Joker. Wouldn't we all? What's he have in store after going off for 53 points on Sunday? Second most points ever scored in the playoff game by a center. But if you're going to penalize Jokic, doesn't something happen to happen to Ishbia? In fact, shouldn't the penalty be more severe? At a minimum, it's Jokic 25 grand, Ishbia 25 grand. But to be intellectually consistent, since I was fairly over the top at times yesterday, I think I sent Ishbia to jail at one point. Here's how I saw it, and, and I don't want to go away from the heart of the matter. If Ishbia lets go of the ball, there's no incident. If he doesn't crowd Jokic's space, we're not talking about anything. If it's just a generic fan, that fan is thrown out. So shouldn't we have a high burden of expectation for anybody who is in the front office, a league official, and even a higher threshold for an owner? So to me, this is contradictory. It doesn't make sense, although I love because clearly – the media, my brethren, we go to meetings, you know, have decided this was a non-event. So we were talking about shoving and a elbow delivered. The wire copy now has been revised to Jokic fined $25,000 for his slight push. Just a mild disagreement. But you can't tell me if you're going to make Jokic pay a $25,000 fine, Ishbia should not be at least writing a check for another twenty-five grand, and in my view, I think you can make a very fair and sound argument he should have been penalized far more severely. But I am tilting at windmills. I'm Brian Weber, feeling good about taking a phone call early in the program. 1-800-636-8686. As promised, your tweet's on the way. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We're getting to some football to wrap up this first hour. Why did Texans owner Cal McNair voluntarily admit Hey, I had nothing to do with pressuring the front office to take C.J. Stroud at number two in the draft. Jim Irsay, jungle legend for all the wrong reasons. But straight ahead, I'll tell you why he might be outwitting all of us first. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, 
person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Not to be more self-promoting than normal. I think we're off to a high-quality start. Let's keep it going. And I will continue to integrate your phone calls when appropriate. 1-800-636-8686. Emails always welcome. In fact, email and Twitter interaction on the way. RomanAvitake.com. Twitter, your best bet, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. In just over 15 minutes, back to the NBA. We'll say hello to our first of two guests. It's Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today. More of the fallout from the Lakers and the Warriors. We'll get to the Knicks and the Heat. Get you set for a pair of Game 5s coming up tonight. Boston and Denver. Also in the second hour of the program, I gave you a preview. I have a lot of reaction to Bob Huggins. How is he not even suspended as of yet? We will address that in vivid and gory detail. Plus, Thursday night football continues apparently to be the most important thing in the mind of the NFL. I understand why. Follow the money. Billions of dollars. But I'll give you the details of... The new tweak starting next year, according to reports, teams can appear on Thursday Night Football twice because teams really want to have to go through a short week, not once, but twice. I promised your thoughts. Ken and Essay, Webbs, what the heck was Bob Huggins thinking? Geez, sincerely, Glenn Kuyper. Talked about that yesterday. Let's just say Glenn is happy the news cycle has moved on. We'll leave it right there. LeBrian Weber, I think Jordan Fool is having a great series. Signed, Dylan Bricks. V in the fee. War <laughs> Lakers in five. And now we have stumbled across a new bit. And I'm really going to have to slow down because I want to give these words the proper amount of coverage. Hey, Brian, sorry I called you Romy yesterday. I'll take the compliment. Okay, here we go. How about the Lake Show? Two in a row. Warriors look slow, like they need a toe. Dynasty could blow. Larry Walker made some dough. What a cameo. Prognosticators eating crow. 18th banner could flow, but hard to know. Laker flags on the window. Have a great day, bro. Scott in Salt Lake, the poet laureate of the program. Now, I have one more fill-in shift tomorrow. Scotty, if you can deliver again, we'll make it a trifecta. Sklars won't need the help on Thursday. Bill Ryder will read some stuff, so maybe Scott has a new little gimmick. I'm thinking poets here. I'd call him the Longfellow of the jungle, but Nick Foles already has that distinction. Let's move to some NFL thoughts, and I will get the Thursday night football coming up, and we will be joined by Will Brinson in the final hour of the program. And let me just have an aside quickly. I will show up whenever asked. I will show up even when not asked. They have had to move the studio a couple times, and a former member of the XR4TI mentioned Baker Street, and I just found it one day. I was just driving around, and I happened to see it, and I pulled it. So that's why I'm here. But I am so thankful 
I am not working on Friday. Now, if things change, I'll be right here. Because I find nothing more annoying than the release of the NFL schedule. And I'm not telling you, don't be excited about football. If you're a season ticket holder, great. Until your game gets flexed out, you get screwed by the league. But that's between you and Raj. Call Mr. Goodell. I'm sure he'll pick up the phone. You know what's going to happen on Friday. Every local show, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. Bill Ryder's too talented. He's not going to do that. But even when I worked at NFL Network, was I fired by then? I didn't make it that far, thankfully. I, I could not at all sell, and, I, and I'm a, a shiller, believe me, but I could not sell with good conscience. Who cares? We know the vast majority of the games. I understand it's a celebration of football, but it's just the order of the games. But the NFL crushes everything, and I don't want the NFL crushing my career. However, let me take a couple of moments to point out some very strange developments connected to two NFL owners. Now, Ursay has been the content machine on this program. So I'm going to deviate from going right to you love to see it, you love to see it. The McNair family, going back to the old man, has made some very odd comments over the years in Houston. Remember inmates running the prison? That was probably not too politically correct. If you think about an owner coming out and saying, I don't know the Q&A setup, but I know the answer, saying, I had nothing to do with our franchise drafting our quarterback. I'm not telling the owner, saying aloud, I'm not telling my GM, Nick Cesario, and I'm not telling my new head coach, D'Amico Ryan, I'm not telling them what to do, nor is my wife. And it just struck me as very weird because what is going to be achieved by that statement? Is McNair trying to moonwalk away from the pick of C.J. Stroud in case it doesn't work out? Is he trying to say, I'm not my father. I let the organization run on its own accord. I don't micromanage. I just don't get the motivation at all. It was a very weird statement. And I want to talk about it with Will Brinson, the final hour of the program. But I want to make you aware that that just struck me as odd. And I, I really try to think... Logically, right? What's a nice way of interacting with anybody? Try to think like somebody else would. What is their thought process? Is there a thought in that head? I, I don't see the logical underpinnings nor the upside. What was gained by that? So that was odd. We'll get there. Now, love to see it. Love to see it, and I'm going to self-report. <laughs> I see Ursay. I'm love in this chair. I should have led with this. I saw Ursay, and I didn't get to it yesterday because I was screaming so much that Ishbia belongs <laughs> in the NBA's version of jail. Ursay and Tom Telesco was on the program, the GM of the Chargers, who started his career working in Indy, encouraged Jim to get Jim Ursay on the show. When that happens, maybe that'll be Jim's last show. That'll be the pinnacle of the jungle. Ursay, with the hot take offering, pancake flipping, no experience having head coach. Ursay on Twitter... Trolling all of us saying, all right, 
Should we go after the Montana Young comp because we have Anthony Richardson? Should we go get Will Levis, even though they didn't have a second-round pick? Ursay might be playing 12-dimensional chess. And I didn't want to give this too much time because it's really not that fascinating, but it's an Ursay story. So I'll take it behind the curtain. The fact that Washington apparently reached out to Andrew Luck is intriguing on so many levels. Will people just leave Andrew Luck alone? And, and I have I played the Stanford card yet? Do we have pop and circumstance queued up? You know, in my days in Palo Alto when I was writing poetry like Scott in the Salt Lake, I know people know Andrew Luck. He's very happy. He's not coming back. He does not miss football. He was at the Stanford game last October, November. He's a dad. He is a very interesting person with many interest away from football he wants to dabble more in architecture he's interested in ai this is a smart dude so washington had that little creativity the best solution they could come up with under center was i don't know well luck's retired let's call him so that's how this story trickled out and now we're getting more of the details that apparently washington did not Directly contact Luck, nor his father, nor his uncle, who's the agent. So this might go away. But here's where Ursay is one step ahead of all of us. He's well aware of the compensation that just occurred between the Cardinals and the Eagles with the tampering that was found to happen when Jonathan Gannon wound up going to Arizona and it became pretty clear that he was talking to the Cardinals when he wasn't supposed to as the Eagles were getting ready for the Super Bowl. So because Arizona was able to shake some compensation out of that tampering imbroglio, Ursay's just looking for a free handout from the league. There's no downside here. A, we're talking about him. Again, advantage Ursay. B, what's the worst thing that could happen? If, in fact, tampering is proven to be true, Maybe he gets a late-round pick from Washington. So Ursay is easy to take shots at, but the more I'm thinking about it, like Magic Johnson with his tweets, we all laugh, there's probably something more going on there. Ursay is a super genius. He's figured it all out. A, he's back in the news cycle for a story that really is not that monumental. B, at the end of the process, he might actually get something of value, albeit a sixth or seventh round pick. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. 
quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? Moving into another hour of the program. Always a delight to be in for Jim Room. And I appreciate all the tweets, all the emails. We'll try to keep things rolling with phone calls. 1-800-636-8686. Hour number one dominated by the NBA. Much more hoops talk coming up. And then in 40 minutes, we will address Bob Huggins. As promised, let's take you back to the hardwood. Looking forward to our latest conversation with Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today. I review and occasionally might purloin some material from For the Win, a terrific platform. Brian, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us again today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What was that word you said to use for For the Win? Purloin. It's a high fluting word. I steal a lot from what you guys put out on For the Win. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we are uh, glad to have you as a reader. And uh, it's always nice to be able to chat with you on the platform, so I appreciate you having me on. Okay, and I'm going to try to use as many big words as possible, Bryce. So just take it one syllable at a time. I know you can handle it. So I was in for Jim yesterday, and I crushed the Celtics for how they handled the final possession in overtime in Philly. If I'm going to be consistent, don't I have to annihilate the Warriors because they had even more looks, they had more time, or should I be giving the Lakers credit defensively? How did you see the end of the game last night in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the shot selection uh, that the Warriors had down the stretch was uh, questionable, uh, I think, to, to, to put it generously. Um, you know, frankly, I think that, you know, I just come from the school of thought that not only in sports, but in everything, everything's a case-by-case scenario. So, obviously, for the sake of consistency, you might want to have overarching principles, but each team's personnel is going to look different. And the personnel that the Warriors have is different than the personnel that the Celtics have. And the personnel that the Warriors have is the type of personnel that typically can make shots from very deep, even when contested. Um, you know, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson all have a history of shooting from way farther than I would ever expect the team to be shooting from and still having success in making it. So um, I think, you know, for, for me, the play of the game, the one that I'm going to be remembering for – uh, the foreseeable future uh, was after AD got cooked in the pick and roll defense. He ended up taking Steph Curry ISO and, and really just locking him down um, on the perimeter. So, you know, he had just gotten beaten uh, on a previous possession and then uh, to step up and, and really shut down, um, you know, one of the greatest perimeter players of all time and certainly the greatest shooter of all time, the way that he did uh, to take the three, one series lead, you know, really suggests to me what, you know, LeBron said after the game too, Anthony Davis, at least when healthy, might be the best defensive player in basketball. And, you know, I think I've always said that uh, the best ability is availability. Um, and so it's hard for me to confidently say that Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in basketball when he misses so much time. Uh, but when he's locked in, it is really hard to score on that man. And, you know, especially the way LeBron's been playing defensively in this series and the way that Jared Vanderbilt has been playing since they acquired him. Uh, you know, that's been a really great defensive trio. And, um, you know, I think having some sort of a set offense for the Warriors could have gone a long way. But, man, it really felt like that was just going to be the Lakers' win last night uh, as the fourth quarter sort of become, uh, you know, closer to the end of the game. And yeah, it really showed uh, 
that Los Angeles was uh, the team that was going to come away. We are spotlighting the NBA playoffs with Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today. So, Brian, we can say, I think, with a high degree of confidence, if anybody can rally from 3-1 down, it's the Warriors. However, if we believe that the regular season has any meaning, we know how terrible Golden State has been on the road this year. So let's just assume whole home court is held, the Warriors win in San Francisco. What would be your outlook for Game 6 in L.A. coming up on Friday? Well, I heard earlier today, um, against Mike Greenberg suggests that the Lakers have no chance of winning Game 5, so they should just rest uh, their players and, and just get back <laughs> at Game 6. I do not come from that school of thought. I think that there's a, uh, a pretty, good, uh, <laughs> pretty good case to be made that you want to try to win every game that you're playing, especially in the playoffs. and. You know, when you've got that 3-1 lead, you uh, you want to close it out as best as you can and give it your shot uh, to do that. Um, yeah, it would be surprising uh, if the Lakers won game six, right? Like I, Or game five uh, in San Francisco. Uh, but you know what? It's not the same home court advantage uh, in San Francisco that they had at Oracle. It's not uh, the same, you know, uh, hunger maybe that, uh, that, that they had at the beginning of the dynasty. I don't know. It's hard to say for sure. Uh, what factors are going to go into these games. It's going to come down to game plans and adjustments. And I think with the Warriors, uh, it really comes down to just are those shots hitting or not? Because if those tough, high-degree difficulty shots go in, they're winning the game. And if they're bricking, the Lakers are coming out even uh, even on the road. I think that the uh, school thought the Warriors struggle on the road this year uh, was more of a regular season issue than a red playoff issue. Uh, frankly, I think that in the playoffs, the trend has been a little bit, um, you know, reversed. They looked good in Sacramento. Uh, you know, I think they were able to close it out again in Sacramento. Um, so, you know, I think if uh, if I were a betting man, it would be pretty obvious to me that I would want to say the Lakers, you know, close it in six in Los Angeles. Um, but uh, at the same time, it's hard to say for sure because uh, <laughs> because with, with a team like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green who have you know, won as many championships as they have with this core group of players. You know, they've been there before. They've got that. They've got uh, that experience. And you know, series is not over. Three-one is a tough thing to come back from. But uh, you know, if there are guys who can do it, you know, I think that those are the guys who could do it. Yeah, Warriors familiar with a three-one lead or a three-one deficit being overcome. Just go back to LeBron in 2016 in the finals. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome talking hoops with Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today. Brian, I have not spent much time on the Knicks and the Heat because I think the Knicks are limited. And I don't want to say they were just happy to be here in the second round after finally advancing for the first time in a decade. But if I'm just looking at the rosters, knowing that it all hinges on Jimmy Butler, Miami's a better team. With that as the setup, what did you make of the post-game comment from Julius Randle last night when asked about what was happening on the glass and the offensive rebounding differential? Randle said, quote, maybe they want it more. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, uh, that quote in particular, uh, because the Knicks have been a team that have wanted it more for three years now in terms of how the success that they've had uh, since Thibodeau took over. That is totally the identity of Tom Thibodeau's uh, team uh, at every stop of the way for Tom, you know, in Minnesota and in Chicago and uh, here in New York, that's kind of been uh, his calling card, right? Is just that intensity, that, that wherewithal. And, and I think that, you know, while um, that's been the case for so long, uh, <laughs> Julius isn't necessarily wrong uh, that, 
uh, Miami might look like they want it more. I mean, I think that Jimmy Butler is the closest thing we have in the NBA right now uh, to Kobe Bryant when it comes to his mentality mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just dude who wants it the most, right? Like, he will he will go to war. and He is really trying to win his, cha- his first championship. And obviously the injury set him back for a little bit, but, um, you know, we've seen him uh, really take another level up. So the, the kind of become almost in this pantheon of, who, like, do we need to start calling Jimmy Butler one of the one of the greatest players in the NBA right now? Because he's certainly playing like it. Um, and so I think that Jim, that Jimmy has been uh, such a special player. And you know, obviously they're doing this without Tyler Hero, which is uh, an impressive feat. Um, they're getting so many contributions across the board from role players who were undrafted and have found their way into playoff rotations. And Kyle Lowry, who was counted out two years in a row now. Um, and it's suddenly playing back as a really uh, tremendously uplifting floor general. Um, so I've, I've really been impressed with what Miami has done. Um, you know, this is not exactly what you asked, but, you know, I think that it's worth mentioning that if we're talking about the Lakers and the Heat. You know, both teams obviously came in through the play-in tournament, and the Heat came in through a loss in the play-in tournament, which is even crazier. Um, and, and I also think, though, that if they had uh, changed the rules so that the one seed and the two seed and the three seed get to pick who they play in the first round. I don't think that the Lakers would have been chosen by the Grizzlies. And I'm not sure if the, if the Bucks would have chosen uh, the Heat. I think that, you know, both these teams are teams that, you know, have conference finals experience recently, um, you know, have guys who have that competitive edge. Jimmy Butler, I don't want Jimmy Butler in a seven game series. I'll take, I'll take almost any other team. Like, honestly, like I would much rather play against, you know, if I'm Milwaukee, I would have picked, I would have picked the Knicks over, uh, I'd rather face the Knicks, even though they're a higher seed. Um, and the same thing on the, you know, Western Conference side. I think that uh, if Memphis had their pick of the litter, they would have much rather uh, had a chance to play the Clippers, you know, without um, Paul George and then eventually without Kawhi. And um, honestly, like maybe even the Kings. I mean, I think that uh, across the board, it's it's really interesting. Minnesota, you know, across the board, it's really interesting to me. Uh, the way this playing tournament has had unintended consequences of, uh, you know, these teams coming in really hot now and having to face the one and two seed. Now we've seen, um, you know, the playing teams both advance uh, to the second round here. And, um, you know, I think we might see both these teams potentially advance once again to the conference finals. And frankly, the way the things are looking right now, it would not shock me one bit um, if we have a rematch of the 2020 NBA finals at this time with fans. A lot of interesting thoughts in that answer, and I appreciate you going in-depth. We are talking hoops with Brian Kabrowski of USA Today. Brian, since you're comprehensive, let me do the dreaded two-part question. We'll bake it together. Your thoughts on Game 5 tonight in Denver is what we've seen from Durant and Booker sustainable, playing all these minutes, putting up all those shots, and I spent most of yesterday getting very worked up about the incident between Nikola Jokic and Suns owner Matt Ishbia. Adam Silver said nothing to see here. How can you find Jokic and not penalize the owner at all? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'll take that first just because I think it's a shorter answer. Uh, You know, 25,000, whatever number it would be to Ishbia is dropping the bucket for him. All right, then find him Uh, 250. He should be fine more, in my opinion. No, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, if you're going to be finding guys, uh, you know, not, not, not a thing to find Ishbia. I mean, he interfered with the course of play. Uh, obviously, you know, Jokic had the potential advantage of the side out of bounds uh, with the Kogi on the floor. Um, and, you know, they wanted that fast break opportunity to score with the advantage. And I, I can see why Jokic was frustrated. And, um, you know, I think Ishbia, you know, obviously 
uh, you know, had some strategy to his decision to hold on to that ball and then to maybe exacerbate uh, the flop. And it ended up being uh, a little bit of a, uh, a one-possession game at the end in which uh, the, you know, the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the, um, the, that, that free throw from the technical foul and um, the potential advantage lost on the five on four fast break, you know, could have really made a difference. So um, I, I think that, you know, ultimately uh, Denver – uh, was I'm, I'm very very grateful that that Jokic was not suspended because that would have been uh, a completely ludicrous decision by the league and by the league office. Um, and I think that I'm, uh, you know it's it's, uh, it's good for for basketball that there's not going to be any sort of a asterisk quote unquote. Uh, I didn't even think Draymond should have gotten suspended for a stomp, which is yeah, a little but bit that's, more. Yeah, that's that's body of work, right? I mean, that's to me more yeah. justifiable. But but same but it was with the same thing where it's like man in the playoffs. I don't want games decided by suspension. No, you I know, agree. I think that, and that's the I difference between that... Adam Silver and David Stern. Brian, let me jump in because I do want to make sure we hit on every matchup, and you've been terrific so far. James Harden, you never know what he's going to do. We saw brilliant James Harden on Sunday. Same story, game one, games two, and games three. Rough. What's your outlook for tonight, game five in Boston? Yeah, I mean, obviously the big man's getting a little bit healthier and healthier each day. Uh, I think he came back from injury a little earlier than I expected him to. Um, you know, I think that uh, James has not been the most consistent player, but, uh, you know, he's definitely somebody who, when he's playing at his highest level of basketball, you know, he is an MVP player. You know, he has won that trophy. Um, you know, he's really taken a step up in his playmaking. Uh, you know, I think he's been uh, somebody who's really uh, shown that he that he was by far the biggest all-star snub uh, in, the, in the league this year. And, um, you know, I think that Philly's got a chance to, to win this series, but if they don't win this series, I think that that, that whole era is probably coming to a close um, because you know, obviously the Houston rumors are very real. Uh, I think the Portland rumors for Embiid are going to start whispering where it's like, let's get Damon and Embiid together. You know, there's going to be all sorts of potential shakeup and consequence. But, you know, Boston has been uh, in a weird place lately. And I think, um, you know, Missoula's got some questionable coaching, uh, the decisions that he's been making recently too. And, um, you know, frankly, like there are some elements of Missoula's hire that remind me a little bit of the Luke Walton situation in Golden State, uh, where Luke Walton came out one coach of the month right away, but also he was coaching Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And that's, a, you know, a ship that maybe navigated itself. Whereas, um, you know, Missoula inherited a team that had Tatum and Brown that just, uh, you know, been to the finals, and obviously he did a good job. But um, you know, we will see his full body of work of, of uh, you know what his uh, actual level of uh, head coach will be. You know, long term uh, in Boston. Brian, we greatly appreciate the information. I enjoyed our conversation the first time we chatted, so I asked for a return visit, and you delivered once more. Appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the playoffs, and look forward to reconnecting as we get closer to the NBA finals. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Brian Kalbrowski, USA Today. XR4TI going, yes. I had Brian on during a previous fill-in shift. We did Bry to Bry. That's another podcast I have. So Brian Kalbrowski is part of the Brian Weber small niche because I can see he might get promoted to the big show when the boss is back. That was a lot of terrific information. I should probably spend five minutes recapping some of it. I did like that notion, and I hope we don't get to this. Pick your opponent. Because, first of all, why are we having the in-season tournament? I know the NBA is just trying to tweak anything to get more traction in the regular season, but I'll skip that rant today. He raises a very good point. 
And I'll connect it to when Jim is here the vast majority of the time. I recall an appearance by Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated picking the Lakers to make a run all the way to the finals. As a result of what this team is now compared to what they were prior to the trade deadline. Much better shooters, complementary players, defense. Lakers are, hey, here's a wonderful observation. They are legit. They're not a seven seed. Again, I, I know the pushback is you are what your record says you are. This is a radically different team. And now they have Hall of Famer Lonnie Walker IV as their go-to scorer when the game's on the line. Want to spend more time coming up in the last hour of the program, but since the audience is always changing, sometimes you can be too honest. And Brian mentioned a few of the thoughts, and I asked him about his reaction to the Julius Randle quote, and I'll read it verbatim. Maybe they want it more. Even if you believe that, Julius, I don't think you say it out loud. And I know you don't say it in New York City because that is topic number one right now with WFAN. I'm sure it was certainly acknowledged and hammered repeatedly over and over and over in the tabloid media. In a town like New York, beyond winning, winning always comes first. Right there, the next priority, effort. Try. Work hard. So if you say they want it more, you've created your own issue there. And that gets me to Joe Missoula. Now, I don't want to be a total hypocrite. We want transparency. We want candor. We want honesty. And Missoula might be just trying to get the Boston media to back off a little bit. And he's right. He should have called a timeout. And I'm not just saying that based on the results. You look at how the play evolved, there was seemingly no plan. It looked like they just ran around from the Mike Budenholzer strategy that Joe went to his school of coaching. So I get the thought process of Missoula. You can also do the fake tough guy. That's on me. That's every NFL coach, right? We got out coach. We got out played. That starts with me. I have to look at the tape. But I think if you want to have a long run in a town like Boston, a town like New York, Randall's fine. He's got the guaranteed money. But the honeymoon is over for Joe Missoula. And should the Celtics not reach the finals, I'm talking NBA finals, the heat is going to be on. Because remember, he has no prior head coaching experience. Now you can point out, that Eric Spolstra was the videotape guy. I realize the path to success in the NBA is not as linear in other leagues. But when you open yourself up for that kind of second guessing, in that kind of cauldron, you have created your own problem, and you got enough to deal with. Don't step on a landmine that you put in front of you. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. At least I feel better that Brian Kabrowski had a degree of synergy on my Matt Ishbia was the wrong party. Funny, I can't go back to Arizona. I've lost my Arizona privileges. Arizona Twitter, not happy with me yesterday. Did I call Chris Paul 145 years old? I might have been slightly off. He's not young. 
he's breaking down. <sighs> and when he was healthy, he was one of the dirtiest. I'm putting it now past tense. Chris Paul remains one of the dirtiest players in the NBA. How many more nut shots do we have to see? Thankfully, that's calmed down as the playoffs have continued. But too much stuff going on with the junk, and that's the Chris Paul move. So I stand by my remarks with Chris Paul. I might have been a little bit over the top. Okay, coming up, Bob Huggins. I've been waiting to get there. I want to have plenty of time to say my words carefully. That's 20 minutes from now. Your interaction's on the way. Plus, according to reports, in the NFL teams will be eligible this season to play twice on Thursday night football in one season. How much more is the NFL willing to sell out? Brian Weber getting revved up on a Tuesday. Always having fun with you in the jungle. I'm in for Jim Rome. Brian Weber back with you. We appreciate the company in the jungle. In for Jim Rome. Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge if your battery needs to be replaced. Their professional parts people can help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle and your budget. Make sure your vehicle is ready for the weather ahead. Summer is almost here. Get your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. 1-800-636-8686. Already one call has been taken. I have hit my quota, not only for the week, for the first half of the year. So now we have house money. At this point, we're just going to let it roll. But since the call was actually good and advanced the conversation, you can lob me another one. And let's see if Tom decides you're worthy of getting in the rotation. 1-800-636-8686. Emails on the way. I know I've been promising interaction at the 20-minute mark roughly, but since Joe Missoula told me I can call my own timeout or I can just get there when I want to, I enjoyed that NBA conversation so much. We supersize things. So you have another shot at sending me some tweets. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We will get to the interaction in 15 minutes. In addition to, we just got further confirmation as of now, Not only is Bob Huggins still the head coach at West Virginia, he has not even been suspended. I will give you the particulars. I will give you my thoughts. I am amazed that a suspension at least has not been put in place for further review by the university. Thoughts coming up. We have Tiger Woods to get to. I hope this court case continues. Now, and I'm going to do it granularity that's a big word i'm going to get really into the nitty-gritty in the final hour of the program it is renowned that tiger not only has made a lot of money he has hung on to a lot of money i'll just say it in plain english he's cheap why would you not settle this to go away because the details and we heard some of them from his ex-girlfriend and i'm just as a talk show host and a content creator I am just fascinated that the leaks that we heard that the allegation is, and we'll give you all the particulars coming up, he used his attorney to break up with a girlfriend, and he got her out of the house with the ruse of, no, I'll meet you at the airport. It's good, fellas. I got some dresses for you. No, no, down there. Down there. I got to go home. I'll talk to you later. Tiger, didn't we go through this? I thought he was a changed man. And... 
I realize people are complicated. I I am more multidimensional than I would appear, although I am pretty shallow. Tiger was supposed to be transformed after the events of 2009. He's supposed to be humbled as his body has fallen apart, and I'm not reveling in that, but he's the same dude. He's still Tiger, allegedly. We'll get there coming up. I do want to throw in a couple thoughts about the NFL in advance of our conversation with Will Brinson. No Zooming today, just the phone, although I like his setup as I Watch the show every day. It's on TV, CBS Sports Network. Listen every day. When it's not on TV, download the Odyssey app. Take us wherever you go. Will Brinson, I think, has the coolest setup of our Zoom contributors here in the jungle. I'm saying R now as the Philadelphia. You know, when Jim and I started at the Mighty 690, and I said, Jimmy, you might want to think about this. I just call him Jimmy. I'm definitely not coming back tomorrow. I am so toast. The... Thursday night football product has never been good. Okay, that, that's not a brilliant observation. But it's never going away because now the NFL has all that sweet, sweet streaming money. I'm not going to name brands because I'm going to need to work for them very soon as our cable bundle may not have a long future in front of those of us who perform for a living. But you know where Thursday Night Football is now. And I thought the production was terrific, seamless. If you turn it on, it felt like a network broadcast, as it should, with the resources of that massive platform. Well, according to reports, when the schedule is released on Thursday, and I'll be looking forward to your tweets. I just can't wait for you to tell me your Tennessee Titans are running the table. Now a major tweak beyond, and this is a little inside media, used to be AFC games predominantly here on CBS. Fox got the NFC. Now everybody is up for grabs, and they're going to try their best, and this is very interesting in terms of which partnership between the league and the networks is going to be favored. Now that's not going to be the parameters of the decisions. Everybody can have a shot at every game, which is interesting. But beyond that, According to Adam Schefter of ESPN, there's too much purloining, too much stealing going on in our business. I want to give proper attribution. Teams are going to be eligible to play on Thursday Night Football twice a year. Why? Now, the thought process would be they want better matchups, theoretically. It can't be the Browns and the Jags. When I worked at NFL Network, the lousiest, I think I did like four. Welcome to Jacksonville, coming up on Thursday night. Here come the Houston Texans. So I understand the thought process. But if the NFL cares at all about player safety, which we know they don't, I'm not alleging they want the workforce to get injured, but we know it's PR, it's lip service, because football wouldn't exist if we cared about individual safety. Nor would Thursday night football. But from a standpoint of watchability and content the league is trying to find a way on paper because we never know how these seasons play out but they want to at least have the framework for better teams on Thursday night remember and I think this will be coming soon there was the notion of having the flex option on Thursday to as we got later in the season move matchups around to get 
better games on Thursday. Why? Because the streamer, I'm not mentioning by name because I think I'm going to have to work for them very soon, they wrote a very big check with a lot of zeros. And what do you know? The league is saying, well, I think we can help you there. And we knew this to be true. We're going to have NFL football on Black Friday. Now, more football is a good thing. I am not out of my mind. I am not an arsonist. We all are working in an NFL house, metaphorically. But I never had a need, and maybe because I always worked the day after Thanksgiving, but I love college football. And the matchups we used to have on that Friday not only had historical resonance, you go back a million years, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Texas A&M, Texas, but it was a day that belonged to college football. Not anymore, because the NFL said we wanted that. I don't think people were clamoring for a Black Friday matchup. Well, follow the money. So now we're going to have teams eligible to play twice in one year on Thursday Night Football. Do you think any player is going to be thrilled when they look at the schedule and say, wait a minute, now I have two short weeks? It just makes no sense. And Mark Cuban said it about five years ago, and he's going to be wrong. This was a hot take, but the essence has some accuracy in it. And send your tweets now. I probably should have read the tweets before I read this quote. Remember the pigs get fat, Brian Weber gets slaughtered, the hogs get slaughtered. The NFL's become a hog. They're grabbing every single dollar they can. I believe in capitalism. I'm not reading Lenin during the breaks, okay? I'm in to make a dollar and a half as well. But you don't have to grab every penny when you're already printing money. League doesn't care, in my opinion. You want the real reason why? They know the demographics of the sport. In 25 years, when I'm coming in, sitting in for gym, I'm going to be talking a lot more soccer. And there's going to come a time when football becomes boxing. Not next week, not 10 years from now, but it's going to be marginalized because we're going to care more about head trauma. And now I'm really opining. In the near term, Thursday Night Football is a terrible watch. Occasionally we get a good game. Most of it is atrocious. League's doing what they can, but it's never going away. Why? Look at the bottom line. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. Good night now!